Well, uh, my name's Nathan, like you said, and I'm Danielle. <laughs> and this is the uh, fifth week of serving mm-hmm. the series of serving. Uh, kind of an overview of what's what's been going on the last um, four weeks. Uh, the first couple weeks, Pastor spoke on uh, serving and how grace is the foundation of serving. How we're we're serving from a want to. Not a have to, and uh, you know we're serving based off of what's inside of us, and that is going out. Um, so he spoke on that for two weeks. Uh, the third week was Mr. Hagemeyer. He he spoke on uh, helps and, and helping. How you know everyone can do something. He told the story about uh, they were uh, in Africa and they only had one set of chairs, and they were moving from class to class. So they moved from one building. To the next, and everyone picked up their chair and they went to the next building. And, and uh, there was one guy walking without a chair, and they're like, "Dude, where's your chair?" And he's like, "Oh, I don't carry chairs. I'm, a, you know, a high up, you know." And so his point was that everyone can do something, you know, no matter how small it is. I mean, we can all carry a chair, pick up a piece of trash in the park lot. So uh, you know, everyone can help, no matter how small it is. And then last week. Miss Melody talked about the why in serving and, um, you know, the, the blessing that comes with that. Um, and one of her main points was we serve because Jesus serves. And so that's uh, what we're going to be kind of building off of today of, of Jesus. We got and, week five. Yeah, we got week five. <laughs> kind of, we drew the short straw, I guess. We, we, we were excited when they asked us, you know, because we enjoy speaking together, if we would you know, speak, we were like, oh, yeah, this will this will be fun. This is good. Yeah. And then, you know, the, the, the email came back and it said, oh, uh, by the way, you'll be speaking on serving. We thought, oh, that's awesome. You know, we can, you know, the grace inside of us and all that. We love grace and we love talking about grace. And then... Uh, and then they told us we were going last. <laughs> and yeah. all the heavy hitters that were coming before us. So we were, they, they took all the good scriptures. We were like, what are we going to talk about? But Yeah, so... <laughs> But, you know, uh, what we are going to talk about, we're going to still serving, uh, but we're going to kind of approach it from a different angle. And we're going to talk about Jesus, how he had a heart of compassion, and that, that, that heart that he had led him to serve people, and how we have the same heart. And then she's going to talk about how we can translate that to everyday life. Yeah. So we really just want to start from the beginning. Where does the birth of a servant's heart take place? Well, Everyone's familiar, most people are, with John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So, really, this servant's heart, it all began with God. You know, he looked out over humanity and he saw these people that were hurting and he wanted to save them. And so, he gave his son his most precious gift. Now, I couldn't give my sons any of them. Even, even on a bad day. <laughs> yeah, even, yeah. There's some days where you're like, ah, maybe we could sacrifice one, but nah. There's two other to carry the name, but no. And, you know, God, we're made in his image. So this is at the heart of us. We have this servant's heart. And, you know, we all have something that drives us because God's planted in us these desires, this calling, and, you know, each of us has that. And so... Your compassion is what drives you to serve a purpose. Yeah, and like she was saying, you know, we're, we're all transformed um, with a heart to serve, a, a servant's heart. Second Corinthians 5.17, it says that 
that old things have passed away and, and all things have become new. Uh, you know, when, when you give your life to Christ, there's a transformation that happens. And, uh, you know, we get a new heart, we get new desires, we get uh, new abilities, and, and we get that new heart. And Jesus had the ultimate, um, you know, servant's heart. And in Galatians 2.20, Paul says, uh, it's no longer I that live, but it, it's Christ living in me. And so, you know, Christ should live in us and through us. And, you know, that, that servant's heart, um, we're transformed and, and we get that heart. Um, and you have no choice when you accept Christ but to be transformed. You know, I, I iron my clothes. I, I iron I all the time. I tried to get him to iron mine. I yeah, I, but he even thought this was too wrinkly. I was like, it's fine. Leave me alone. I iron everything. <laughs> And, you know, if you have an iron and it's hot and you touch it, you're going to get burned, right? It's one of those things where you have no choice. It's the same thing when we're transformed and when we accept Christ. I mean, you, you get a new heart and, and you get that servant's heart. Um, it, it's the exact same concept. You have no choice. Just because you, you know, don't know you have something doesn't mean that you don't have it. And, and so um, there's a scripture in Matthew 9.36 it says, uh, but when Jesus saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Jesus was, was, was moved with compassion. He, he had to do something. You know, it was, it was his heart uh, that caused him to feel this way. Yeah. And, you know, the reason why that was so important was because with him, you know, just sharing his heart and having this compassion, it really allowed him to connect with people. It opened a door for when he served. You know, when you serve with people, you connect with them. And that's really when you make the biggest impact is when you are serving. Yeah. Have you ever been somewhere and, and you, you go through a situation or you, you see something that uh, just rubs you the wrong way and, and you just have to do something? We, we, we took the kids to the show. Um, I, it's live. I won't say the name of it. It was a Ninja Turtle show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a Ninja Turtle show. Yeah, so I wasn't going to say the name, but I mean, I'll, I'll say it. It's whatever. Okay. Uh, and we took the kids to this thing. We paid good money to get in. And uh, we, we, we showed up about a half hour early, and there was no one there. And so, we're, you know, we're in this room. And uh, people started coming in, and still no one, Setting up. the doors were shut, and we're just in this room. We're like, oh, man, like, what is going on here? And then finally the doors open, and they, um, you know, they come out with these tables, and they start setting up all their stuff or whatever. And it was 10 minutes before the show yeah. was supposed to start. So we paid good money for this stuff, and it was just so unorganized. I mean, they, you know, they started an hour and a half late. There were kids running around on the stage, like, going crazy. You know, kids, an hour and a half, nothing to do. Yeah. Like, it was just Yeah, we're on this auditorium, and, and this thing's supposed to start, and we're like, dude, what's going on? We paid good money for this. And the, the kids are, like she said, were just running just crazy up on the stage. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I was just like, oh, man, because I'm a very organized person. Like, you know, I'm a very systematic, uh, you know, and, and it's just in my DNA to be 
organized and you know and when I see something that, that that's not running properly like I just start to get all <laughs> makes them cringe so I was over here I was having to like try to you know talk them down and and over here trying to tell my kids it's gonna start soon and so and they were mild compared there were people who were yeah there were off. people really mad because we all paid good insane. money you know and and, yeah. and were there but that's what the, the, the point of that story is like that goes against who I am my, you know, my, my DNA. And so when something like that happens, like I have this like compassion to want to, you know, offer up suggestions or, or do something. The same thing was with, you know, uh, Jesus. It, it was in his DNA. It, it, it was how he was wired. It was his heart to love people and to serve people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that, that scripture in Matthew nine thirty six it says that he saw the crowd uh, and he was moved with compassion you know he he saw the crowd as a whole he wasn't looking at each person individually he wasn't looking at what they were doing wrong or their sin he saw everyone as a whole and that the, the same thing with john three sixteen that that she said uh god for so god so loved, loved the world he, he yeah. loved the whole world you know everyone not just the everyone. people who were doing right yeah. in that moment yeah and that's so awesome to me because when you know jesus you know he saw everyone as as a whole and he was moved with compassion and he just had to do something it didn't matter their past it didn't matter what they were doing it didn't matter what they were going through he loved and still loves everyone and and he was compassionate about it uh let's go to john 117 it says uh for the law was given through moses but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus showed up at a time where uh, the, the law, the Mosaic law, you know, you had the, the Pharisees and the, uh, all the yeah, all leaders. the religious people. Like, that's how these people live. And Jesus showed up. He was kind of like an outlaw, right? He, he showed up and he was just, uh, you know, against the grain. And he was relentless with his passion for, for loving people and not looking at people for their um, shortcomings. And, and, you know, he wanted to serve everyone. And, you know, he, he had that, that, that reckless love that we sing about. That's one of my favorite songs where, you know, he, he went against society and, you know, they called him a thief and a, and he uh, had yeah, he had you know, all this crazy stuff. You're like, you know, calm down, man. <laughs> uh, have you ever been somewhere where you know that the people know that you know you don't belong there? You know, we, <laughs> she raised her hand. <laughs> yeah, you know you're not supposed to be there, but you're there, and so yeah, we were on vacation and, uh, and with very small children. Yeah, with very small children, and we you know didn't really know the area, so we were looking for places to eat, and we researched you know kid friendly places. So this place was supposed to be kid friendly, and we walk in the it was door. A lie. Yeah, we walk in the door of this place, and we see all these tables set up. Uh, with like fine, fine dining. dining, with like uh, you know the silverware All was glass. perfect. Yeah, the glasses were there. The the you know they had done the origami uh, napkins. You know like and they had to go across the street just to get a high chair. We tried to turn around and go, and they were like, oh, it's one of those things. Yeah, you know? yeah. We showed up and we knew we didn't belong there. You know, not because we're you know whatever we but had because we had small we children man there. these dudes are crazy <laughs> and uh and so yeah we walked in there and we saw them and we're like oh let's leave and right when we get to leave they made eye contact and we're like oh man we gotta stay and you stay. could tell they were like 
Oh, yeah, they didn't want to tell no, us to leave, but they didn't want to, you know, because it was, it was just one of those awkward moments, you know, where we knew we didn't belong there. And they knew. And, and they knew, and, you know, the way you, you could see people, like, looking over at us, you know, because our kids would do something and knock a glass over, and, and, you know, it was just, you know, we knew we didn't belong there. And so that's kind of how, you know, I think that when Jesus went into society, you know, that, that time, he, he probably felt like he didn't really belong, you know. Um, like I said, the, the, the Pharisees were, were, were and, and all these religious people were, you know, putting these people under, underneath the law, and, and that's how they lived. I mean, it was probably, you know, it says that they were tired and weary, you know, and I believe they were weary from, from religion. You know, and that's still happening today where, where, where people are living under that law mentality. They're trying to do everything themselves. You know, they're not resting in that grace that's on the inside of us. Yeah. Uh, Doing you know, something to get something. Yeah, they do something to get something. You know, they, they serve people in order to get blessed instead of, you know, they know that they're blessed. And out of that, that's why they serve people. Yeah. And so, um, man, if you live like that, if you live with that law mentality, you will wear yourself out, man. You will burn yourself out and you'll be like, man, forget this. I'm leaving. I'm not, yeah. I'm not doing this. I'm tired, you know, and that's what religion does is, is it tires people out because there's no rest. It sucks there, the life out of yeah, you. Yeah, there, there's, there's no rest uh, with yeah. religion. Yeah, and so you might feel like, okay, well, what does this have to do with me? Well, in Ezekiel 36, 26, it says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. So we've been given a new heart. We have all of those new desires, those same desires that Jesus had. So that same ability that Jesus had, we have that inside of us, just living out of that overflow. Yeah, and you know, it's that heart of compassion. Uh, let's go to John four seventeen. And I'll read another scripture after that, and then we'll, we'll talk about it. But John 4, 17 says this. <clears throat> it says, Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I'll read one more. First uh, John 2, 6 says, He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk as he walks. So you have these two statements here. Um, as he is, so are we in this world, and then we ought to walk as he walks. I mean, does that mean we have to be perfect, or does that mean we have to, you know, uh, be sinless, or you know, do everything perfect? It, it, it definitely doesn't mean that because I, we I, wouldn't I, be up here. <laughs> I wouldn't be up here if, that, if that's how it was. I'd be long gone. But no, it means that we walk as Jesus walked on the earth. You know, he walked with compassion. He walked in the identity of, of you know, who he was. He walked in, in authority. Mm-hmm who he was. He had that, that servant's heart. You know, his passion was serving people and, and it was ingrained in him. And, you know, he, he wasn't serving people to get something out of it. Mm-mm. He served because that's who he was. It was in his DNA. It was, it was his heart to serve people. And, and we have that same heart. We have those same desires uh, yeah. to, to serve people. Yeah, we have this German shepherd, full-bred German shepherd that we got shortly after we got married. He's like 35 years old. 11. That was close. He's old. But he's getting blind. <laughs> this guy's old, man. Yeah, he is old, he's, but we still getting, love he's him. He's getting old. Yeah, we still love he's him. still a good dog, though. We, we didn't train him as far as, you know, being a guard dog, but just innately, this dog, he's a beast when it comes to, like, protecting our family. When I was pregnant, he would try to eat people. 
He turned into this monster. Yeah, he's... And even in our backyard, we have this worn path that's just dirt now because he just, like, you know, scouts our perimeter or whatever you want to say. It's in his DNA. That's who he was created to be. And it's the same as what he's talking about. You know, that's, that's us. It's in our DNA. Yeah, it's in our DNA to serve, to, to, to want to serve. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and it's all also, you know, in how you view yourself. Uh, one of our favorite scriptures together is, is, is Ephesians 2.10. Uh, it says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Jesus Christ uh, so we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. Uh, you know, when you see yourself as, as, as God's masterpiece, you know, God never made junk. You know, he never made garbage. Uh, everyone in here is, is, is valuable. Uh, you know, everyone in here, God has a plan for you. Uh, you matter. You're valuable. Um, God loves you regardless of, of your past, regardless of what you're doing right now, regardless of what you did. Where you came from, it, it does not matter. And, you know, I'm definitely living proof of that. Uh, some of you guys know my story, but... <clears throat> You know, I used to think that there's no way that God can use me. You know, all the stuff I've done, all the stuff I've been through, you know, there's no way that God can use me. But then I started renewing my mind to grace and what's actually inside of me whenever I gave my life to Christ. And it doesn't matter what you've done or what you've been through. I I keep saying that, but I, I can't say it enough that, I mean, you know, when you accept Christ, a transformation happens. And, um, that's good stuff. So now... Uh, she's going to talk about how, how all this, you know, we, we, we talked about Jesus and, and his heart and how we have that same heart. And So what does that mean Yeah, for so us? she's going to talk about how we can apply that to our everyday lives, how we can take what, what we learned uh, from Jesus and how we can apply it. Yeah, because I don't know about you, but whenever you hear a sermon and, you know, it's good information and you think, okay, but how does that apply to me? I mean, do I, do I need to go feed 5,000 people? Do I have to go find a couple of lepers to heal? I mean, how does that translate to today's day and age? Well, first of all, you have to consider your purpose. Like, everyone has a purpose. We all have a calling. And Jesus, his purpose was he wanted to relay a message to say, like, hey, I'm here to save you. But, you know, he didn't just go up to people and he didn't say, hey, you're going to hell, you need to get saved. <laughs> because that probably wouldn't have gone over well then, and it sure wouldn't doesn't, go over well now. It doesn't go over well. That's why people, yeah. you know, Some stay away from church. Some things span time, and that's one of them. You can't just go up to someone and communicate like that. So how did Jesus do it? He got down on their level. When they were hungry, he fed them. When they were sick, he healed them. He came down to their level instead of expecting them to come up to his level. And that's how he impacted them. It was all originating out of his love for people. And, you know, he didn't serve to get something, like he said. It was his heart's desire. Mm -hmm. In Philippians 2, 6 through 7, it says, Though he was God... He did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being when he appeared in human form. So serving is always driven by a purpose. If it's not, you're going to get burned out. Just like you said, if you're trying to do it in your own strength or your own willpower, it's only going to last for so long. And, you know, that's in every aspect of life. That's not just serving in the church. I mean, we're talking about at your job, how 
how many times have you heard someone say, oh, I'm so burned out, I'm so sick of my job? Or even as a parent, like, if these kids, one more time, you know, <laughs> like, every aspect of life, in marriage, in anything, if you're trying to do it in your own willpower, you're not going to be successful. And, you know, that that's basically what Jesus did. Everything that he did, you know, served that purpose and driven to saving humanity. And for us, I really believe that it comes back to just letting people know that God is a good God. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people these days don't believe that God's good. For whatever reason, they think that, you know, maybe he did kill their grandma or their or grandpa. Put cancer on or them. Or put cancer yeah. on them or took their child. People don't know that God is a good God. And I think that, you know, you can't in this day and age just go up to someone and say, God is good, you're wrong. People aren't going to respond to that. And that's not how, you know, Jesus communicated with people. People listen when you're serving them. When you're serving someone, when you're meeting a need, it opens up a door to where they'll listen to you. They'll be able to connect with you, and you'll be able to really reach someone. Because, you know, our purpose is really to lift each other up. That kind of goes against the grain. These days, it's like a... Everybody wants to tear someone down. Yeah, to make themselves shine brighter. But that's that's not God's plan for us. In 1 Thessalonians 5.11, it says, Therefore... Encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. You know, it's so easy. We talk about it all the time, how it's so easy to just get consumed with your own life. Because we are so busy. I mean, you know, you've got school. Some people have work. We've got homework. I've got three kids under the age of seven. You know, so it's like a circus. <laughs> yeah, free, free admission. Free, free yeah. Admission. You want to come down? <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll give you a show. <laughs> but, but it's you know we're all legit busy, and we have good reasons why mm-hmm. we're busy. But a lot of times, you know, out of that busyness, we don't make time to help anyone else. And God knows your life; He knows your schedule. So. I think a lot of times when we think of serving, we think of, okay, I got to go sell everything and become a missionary in Africa, which, good job, Grandpa. Some people do that. But, you know, some of us, that, that's not what we were called to do. Or I have to go and start an orphanage and run an orphanage. No, God knows our schedules. He knows what our timeline is like. And, you know, if you just make yourself available, God will use you. And I don't know about you, but a lot of times it's like I have this obstacle where I think, okay, I, I want to be used. I think we would all say, you know, we want to be used by God. But then I just step back and you look and you see this world where people are hurting. Like with just these awful hurts of things that they've been through that they're having to deal with. And you're like, okay, I am one person. What in the world could yeah. I possibly do that would even make a difference? Because it just kind of feels like a drop in the ocean. And it can feel really overwhelming. But, you know, people are hurting, and God knows that. And we're a team. You know, there's going to be opportunities, all of us working together, where we're going to be able to serve and to impact someone. Like I said, we just have to be available and we have to be willing. And that is how we're going to impact the world. Because the enemy, he's sneaky. He's not going around, you know, saying obvious things where people are like, no, that's not true. I know that's not true. He's whispering in people's ears. He's 
causing chaos. He's telling lies to create division. You see the racism going around and everything. Those are lies of the enemy that he is trying to get underneath and just split all of us and divide us, you know, and we're not going to be able to combat that by just arguing with people. You know, I see all the time, people are really brave on Facebook and Twitter. Apparently, when you have a keyboard, like, there is no fear. And I just see, like, these people, you know, especially sometimes even Christians saying, like, no, you shouldn't do that. Yeah. You shouldn't live that way. That's wrong. And it just shuts people down. They're like, no, like, I, I don't want anything to do with God. That's not how we deal with those things. Jesus dealt with people out of love. It was driven with love because he had that purpose, like we need to have. And, you know, a lot of times we just focus on the issue instead of the one who heals those issues. Mm -hmm. You know, people's hearts are broken and they're damaged. And when you serve, it meets a need. And so it opens a door to where we can really impact someone. Yeah, there's... There's a scripture in, in Mark, uh, Mark 4.28 where, where it talks about the different levels of, of planting a seed. And, uh, you know, you, you, you till the soil, uh, you know, you plant the seed, you water it, and then, and then you have a harvest. But, but, you know, sometimes we might get stressed out because we, we think, you know, well, I got to do everything or, or, you know, but all of us are a team. And, you know, you, you might plant a seed one day. And someone else might might water that seed on down the road, you know? Yeah. I remember growing up, you know, thinking that I had to, oh, it's my job to get this person saved. And so I think, you know, oh, I got to do this, this, and this. But it's like he said, you know, we may, we may just play a small part. You might just speak to someone, be kind to them, and that's your job. You were available for that. You completed that. You, like, tilled the soil. And then someone else comes along and plants the seed. You may never know what happens with that person. But God knows. And if we're available, that, that was our job. That's what we were supposed to do. So it kind of takes the stress off because you realize God knows, and he's the one who's got this. He's the one in charge. It's not our job to save everyone. It's just our job to be available and to serve that purpose that we're supposed to be serving. Yeah, a, a perfect example of that is, uh, I don't know if Jen's in here, um, I don't see her, but she tells this story, and I think we had a video of it, but uh, she tells this story of when she was a kid, uh, the children's church worker, um, you know, just loving her and, you know, uh, being a part of her life and stuff like that. And then now, years later, she's the one that's that's leading these children and that's uh, organizing all this awesome stuff for the, for the children's no ministry. Idea. Yeah, and they, you know, so that person planted a seed mm -hmm. and years later, uh, you know, it's... it's we've seen the fruit Yeah, we've seen the, the fruit of that it. seed. That's a yeah. perfect example of, of that. Yeah. So you can't think that any action is insignificant. I remember one time I was going to the dentist and I... I have a wonderful dentist, but I despise the dentist. And so, you know, the only good thing was that someone was babysitting my children, so I got a few minutes to myself, so that was nice. So I'm just, you know... You need a break, you go get a root canal. <laughs> oh, Lord, no. That, that would be awful. <laughs> so. so if you count your teeth, and then that's the number of breaks you can have, and you space them out... To babysit my children, you know why. No. <laughs> so, you know, I'm just looking through my phone, kind of just passing time. 
And the dental hygienist came in, and she was kind of talking to me, and I was listening absentmindedly, and finally I just kind of felt like, you know, I should put my phone down and really interact with her. And when I did, and I just became available and started listening, she just really opened up to me and was just talking about her marriage and how, you know, some things that she was going through. And there was nothing special about me. Any of you could have been in that same situation and been available, and that would have happened. And, and I was able to just talk to her and tell her, like, man, God loves you, and he, I'm going to pray about that, you know? And it just... You could just see it on her face. It encouraged her. It gave her hope. And I think it was just so cool because it's like God cared about her enough in that moment to really just show her, I know, and I love you. And I brought this person to specifically tell you that. Like, how cool is that, you know? In this world where we just think I'm just insignificant, I'm just this one person, God's like, no, I see you. And never think any of your actions are insignificant. Be available and be willing because, you know, that was serving. Like, you may think that, well, really, that's serving because we think of serving, you know, as being the grunt work. But no, that was serving right there. That was serving and ministering to that girl's need. And, you know, serving has so many different faces. It might be something like that or it might be just being kind. I know, you know, there's been a couple of our kids who have gone through a screaming phase, which is super fun. Because they always time it perfectly in public, you know, where people look at you like, oh, you have horrible children. You're like, I promise I don't. (laughs) Somebody pushed a button or flipped a switch. So, you know, of course, I've been in the grocery store where that has happened. Or at weddings. Remember, we were at Elijah and Morgan's wedding. Yeah. And uh, I I don't think they're here. Morgan's (laughs) attention. Yeah. They just started screaming and we're like, that's our kid. We'll get him. Come on. Whose child is that? So, you know, going through the grocery store, and I'll have someone come up to me and just be like, hey, you're a great mom. You're doing a great job. And that was serving. That was speaking to my need right then. And so, like I said, don't think that anything you do is insignificant. Just be available and be willing because really that's what we're supposed to do is show the heart of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And the heart of Jesus is love. His compassion was driven to show people that he loved them. Because, you know, sometimes people just don't know that God loves them or they forget. They need to be reminded. Um, Just a few days ago, I was just talking to my boys, and I tell them all the time that I love them, and no matter what, you know, they do. And so I was like, you guys know how much I love you, right? And one of my children said, yeah, except for when we get in trouble. <laughs> Where did you hear Do that? Do you not like, listen to me when I talk to you? So I had to reaffirm, and I had to remind him, no, even when you make bad choices, I still love you. And you know, that's what people in this day and age need. They need to know, no, even when they make bad choices, mm-hmm. no matter what their past is, God still loves them. Amen. And, you know, a lot of times it's hard because our emotions get in the way. We get frustrated with people and, you know, because some people, they act like jerks, let's be honest. Either we've run into one or we've been the one ourselves. <laughs> and, you know, you should read that first. Yeah, there's a, there's a scripture, uh, Ephesians six twelve. it says, uh, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, uh, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in this dark world and evil spirits in the heavenly places. 
So, I mean, what is that, you know? It kind of sounds like the preview to the next Harry Potter movie. <laughs> yeah. But. All these dark worlds and evil powers and, you know, all this stuff. But, you know, but what's that, what's that saying? You know, that's kind of a weird scripture. Yeah. But it's basically saying that, you know, uh, there's an enemy out there. Mm. And, and he's, he's trying to cause division. And, and he's, you know, like she said, in this day and age, there's so much division, mm. uh, you know, about everything. everywhere about <laughs> everything, uh, racism, um, you know, all this stuff. And, and that's the enemy that's causing that. And mm. so he's trying to influence, he's trying to influence people. And so around. it's not us against each other. That's the yeah. enemy. We actually have another enemy. Yeah. And, you know, so we just need to love people uh, yeah. for who they are. Cause people and, are going to. Like I said, they're going to act like jerks, and you have to remember that it's the enemy at work. You know, just even last week, I called him, and I was so frustrated. I had gone to pick up Easton, and I have a short window to hurry and get over to pick up Levi, and Easton had forgot his homework, so we had to circle back around after going through the car line, hurry and go inside, get his homework, and then we go on the highway only to get almost a dead stop because there's a a bad wreck. And so I was thinking, oh my gosh, we're going to be so late. And all of a sudden we're just slowly moving and I hear this honk. And so I look over and there's a lady in the car next to me who's not looking at me. She has her visor, but she's flipping me off. (laughs) And I was like, okay, first of all, that's not nice. Okay, let's establish that. <laughs> That's the mom in her. She wants to. Not nice. Okay. Let's establish That's that right off the bat. That's how we act. You're too old for that. So, and I thought, well, maybe she, she's not flipping me off, but her lane um, sped up a little and she quickly um, put her hand down. And then when she slowed down again, she proceeded to flip me off. So that kind of cleared the air that yes, this was definitely meant for me. And so I was thinking, what is going on? I looked at her car. There was no blinker on. I didn't even know what I did. And I just was really frustrated. I was like, you're just not a nice person. (laughs) Like, you know, what are you doing? And in that moment, God was like, Danielle, that's why we serve. Like, I want her to know, like, with you responding in a nice, loving way, I want her to know that I love her. Like, People like that, we get frustrated and we want to respond because, like he said, we feel like, oh, this person is just a jerk. And it's like, no, the enemy is trying to cause division. And, you know, when you serve, that's that's the message you relay. You relay, and it's hard because let's, let's be honest, like, you know, we, we are flesh in this flesh and we just sometimes we get angry and we respond to people. But, like, if we can push past ourselves and push past that emotion and realize like, man, people are hurting, and hurting people hurt others, and God loves them, and he, he doesn't want to just fix them on the outside. He, he wants them to be healed on the inside, and, you know, that, that's when we have a heart of serving. That's what we're really telling people is God loves you, mm-hmm. you know, and that's how, that's how we come down to someone's level, you know what I mean, and so... I looked up the definition of serving, and one part says it's to perform duties or services for another person or organization, and that's good. I mean, you need a job to get done, and you do it, and mm-hmm. that's usually the category that a lot of us fall into. Cause yeah, it's when like, you think of serving, you think yeah, of like, you know, it's a, there's a job, there's a job and I do, did it. And you do it. Yeah, <clears> and so that's good, but there's another definition that says that serving is to be of use in achieving or satisfying. 
And I really feel like that's the category where God wants us. You know, Jesus had a goal that he wanted to achieve, that he wanted to satisfy, and it was to save everyone. He wanted everyone to know that he loves them and that he, like he said, that his sacrifice on the cross, like he died for them because he loves them. And so when we serve people, we're just showing, we're just sharing that message that, hey, God loves you. Not like, you know, you're a sinner. Stop what you're doing. No, you know, that, that's not that cool. That never helps anyone. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, hey, God loves you. Where you're at, not fix this, this. No, God loves you. And so by us serving, that's the message that we relay. Yeah. So people see that God is good. He's a good father, that you matter to him. Yeah, and then, you know, it's, it, it, it's our heart when we realize uh, what we have is, you know, and that's going to drive us to serve. 